0: God is in the healing business today. It didn't cease in the first century. God still heals today. And especially in third world countries where the gospel is making pioneer steps, there are healings, miraculous healings. There are resurrections from the dead. God is still in the business of doing miracles today. We got to believe that. We got to trust that.
1: Stories stir the soul,
2: stories reveal,
1: and stories heal.
2: In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough.
1: Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach, and Todd as a men's mentor,
2: we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well, this could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Todd Isburner.
1: And I'm Wendy Pett. And this podcast is a part of the Spark Media Network, and it can now be found on the Edify app, praycom and KHCB Streaming. So we're excited to join you wherever you're listening from.
2: And as usual, we're always excited about uh, each episode of mm-hmm. Your Biggest Breakthrough. But this one in particular, because... Uh, this is a subject that we all want to know more about and more or less it's going to be about miracles. Miracles. Uh, you know how easy it is to identify miracles? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> well, we use, the, the, word we use the word miracle yeah. so flippantly, right? I found a parking spot in a crowded lot and I got real miracle. close to this. It It's a miracle. <laughs> or um man it didn't rain the day and I, you know and I asked God because I just waxed my car and really I think that was a miracle.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And uh you know, hey, I'm having a Great hair day! That's it's a miracle. A miracle. <laughs> yeah, now I think we, uh, we do use that a little too I, much. I think today's
2: <laughs> guest is going to bring us a little bit deeper into that from a very profound personal mm. experience that he has had in his own life. And um, Wayne Peterson has been a friend of ours for many years, and mine in particular. We've worked together for years, and we had the the really privilege of doing a podcast with Wayne.
1: Yeah, episode uh, thirty
2: eight. And you really need to go back and listen to that because that's another uh, incredible opportunity to learn more about how God can use loss and grief to bring us into an opportunity to grow deeper with him. This experience of Wayne's is no exception, and today we're going to find out all the details of what he's been through. Uh, I, just, I just want to preface it by saying, Wayne, uh, if you don't know much about Wayne, <laughs> Google him, and the the list of things will will never stop for you. He's a radio icon. He's an international radio icon, really, who's uh Retired from his direct involvement with radio, but he's on so many boards, uh, so many great organizations. He really yes. has, with international outreaches, uh, all because he loves Jesus, and he saw that God was using that medium. So we're grateful, Wayne, to have you back with us again on this episode so that we can go a little deeper on sort of almost like part two of your story, which yeah. is, which was so unexpected. <laughs> um, when we, when we heard, first heard the news, I think it was a text that you sent out. Uh, to some of your close friends. And when would that have been where you first discovered something's not right physically with me? Was that back in May?
0: Yeah, that would have been May or um, late June, I guess. Like a few months Uh, ago. I'd been having tummy issues. Uh, It started at NRB. I had had strong pain and bloating. And it took a couple of visits to the doctor before we did a CT scan, which discovered uh, a tumor on my appendix. You've never heard of it, because that's only one in 10 million men have tumors on the appendix, very, very rare. And when you have the tumor burst and spread its mucin throughout my abdomen, which was causing the bloating. So I had this fluid, my tummy, sometimes I look like I was pregnant. And uh, my GI doctor said, this is very serious, very rare. You need to get it taken care of right away. Could shorten your life. You need to get it taken care of because uh, the mucin spreads tumors to other parts of the, the body. So it was pretty scary time to get that t- diagnosis. And you hear tumor and you hear cancer and you, you start planning a funeral. I mean, to be honest with you, because... Um, all my life, I prayed for a long, healthy life, and, and this is something could really be a, a life-shortening episode. So, get on your knees right away.
1: Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. Yes. Oh. Wayne, you are a very healthy individual, but I, I think back to our episode 38, and it was really about the profound loss that you um, dealt with, with losing your your lovely Norma, right? And it actually all started with her. Uh, this was uh, cancer, but it all started with a, a stomach issue as well. She was mm-hmm. bloated. She was having issues, and so I'm sure through your mind, did did any of that kind of come across in the beginning? Like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm kind of reliving this moment that you had with Norma.
0: Well, you've got a very good memory of that. Mm-hmm. It certainly did because. Yeah, Norma's was a tummy issue, too, because cancer does produce this mucin that causes the the bloating. And that was uh, the the main symptom we went with. So, yes, that was a year-long battle, a constant battle for a year with two surgeries and 18 uh, chemotherapies. And she was cured ultimately by going to heaven. God took her home and God chose not to give her a longer life. She lived her life long and lived it well. And her earthly journey was over. And but I had to revisit all of those questions because we had prayed just as fervently for her healing as people were praying for my healing. And yet God chose a different outcome.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably the the real head Mm. scratcher that Mm. would that would stop anybody and cause them to really think, okay, because your faith has been so strong, as Norma's was, and your family. And you were loving her, praying fervently. It looked like she had an uptick on her health and things were going well. And then if I recall, it was at another NRB convention mm-hmm. right around that time uh, where things went downhill so rapidly. And if, if I recall, um, she was given a, a, a diagnosis of, um, or I shouldn't say a diagnosis, but sort of a prognosis that she would still be able to live maybe up to a year or so you were probably all expecting and hoping let's make the best out of this and maybe God would heal here, heal her. What happened? Uh,
0: The surgeon said um, she has six to 12 months to live. So I made the difficult phone call to my two daughters and to Norma's parents who were in their nineties saying, we won't have Norma much longer. Uh, She didn't make 12 months. She didn't make six months. Three weeks later, she was gone. It it was an aggressive, mean, nasty cancer. I mean, it was God's mercy because she was so much pain and so uncomfortable that she was relieved of that that pain. Mm. And Christy and Michelle and I were holding her hands, praying, sharing scripture, and finally releasing her from this toxic world into God's yeah, presence. Wow. Yeah. It was a very, very difficult but precious time. Yeah. Great, yeah. precious memories to see her leave her earthly tent mm. and be transposed mm. into God's very presence. Mm
1: definitely an opportunity to discover God in a whole new way right and and so definitely if you're listening right now go check out episode 38 to hear more of, of Norma's story and how Wayne mm-hmm. uh, reacted in that that time and space but now no, you're you it's you, you're, it's you. We're, we're talking about your health and so I want to I want to just jump right in on this because Um, you are a prayer warrior and, and your current wife, Willie, which we just adore her. She, um, was, was just really, um, uh on a mission to make sure that there were prayer warriors all around the world praying for you and I mean it, it power in prayer it's just it's amazing but you you were very healthy so let's kind of talk about this one in 10 million and what what were your thoughts Yeah, what you was thinking? going through your head I like, mean seriously what
2: have I
0: got how come me yeah <laughs> what why? is this yeah yeah you do ask that question why? By me. Yeah. And in dark moments, I said, God, is this what I get for serving you all my life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that could be one of David's psalms. Is this what happens? when We're faithful to you. But right. that wasn't the predominant theme. It was, Lord, we trust you in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get through this. And, um, you know, whatever the outcome, we want God to be glorified, whether it's by extended life or shortened life. We want God to receive the glory and uh, leave the outcome to him. And, you know, I thought of what Jesus prayed in the garden. Lord, if possible, take this cup away from me. Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that was our, our prayer through this whole thing, that uh, we'll leave it to the sovereignty of God, but also praying and believing fervently for a miracle.
2: Yeah. And so you didn't just Basically sit back and say, Okay, God, it's your turn to do your magic, if you will. You've got to, you know, heal me. You guys were really assertive, taking initiative on trying to find out how do we how do we find healing here? How uh, should we find
1: the best doctor? Yeah, should then? God
2: open the door? I mean, uh, just tell your story about what you went through to try to find a way to get this thing addressed.
1: And how God pays attention to all these details yeah. too. Oh uh,
0: yeah. Uh, you mentioned Willie as the prayer, but she was the doer. I mean, she was just a tiger going after the doctors and the clinics and the hospitals and the insurance companies. It gets I mean, the medical community is so goofy right now. But uh, we couldn't get treatment here. Nobody in Florida would do this. They've not seen it. It's so rare. And MD Anderson in Houston does only cancer. That's all they do. And they're uh, experienced with uh, appendix cancer. They do only about 300 of these a year. It's, it's that rare, but they have this experience. Well, we had to get into MD Anderson. We called him, so we can't get in. So September, this was June. Mm. A friend of a friend who serves on the board of directors of MD Anderson was able to take our situation and go to the doctors and say, we need to fast track this thing. We need to get Wayne and Willie and the friends and family and get them in. This is urgent. This is serious. So with his influence as a board of trustee, we got in at MD Anderson in July, had the test, and it still took some time to go through all of that, but to have surgery in the middle of August. Secondly, we found out MD Anderson, our insurance was out of network, MD Anderson. Mm -hmm. And this was a a process that was going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we would have had to pay, you know, the out of network ones. We were uh, led by some good counsel to uh, a gap insurance. And a lot of paperwork and a lot of angels at MD Anderson got us there so that we got authorization for co- full coverage of this. Mm. Wow. Getting the MD Anderson, getting the insurance, getting moved up in time, these were all little miracles along the way. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, through our, our years of working with ministries around the world, we had literally hundreds of people that were praying that God would be for us and clear the way. And specifically, that the cancer would be eradicated And there when they opened me up to do the surgery, the cancer would be gone. And uh, I'll tell you how God answered that in a moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love how um, God is in the details. Yeah. and And it is great to... Know people <laughs> because when you know God does connect the dots. So some person may know somebody else that knows somebody else that gets to the solution of what you're after. And so I'm I, we just have been praising God for for this this real miracle in your life and and the ripple effect of of, of leveling up in our faith. Um, I mean, we were we were on our knees praying for you, just like the hundreds of people that were. But it's leveled up our faith because of your miracle. And so, um, mm-hmm. I just want to just say thank you for allowing us to to pray.
2: It was, it was a Seriously, we felt, yeah. and I think this is probably true for all of the folks who were praying for you. Yeah. you really feel like you're in a community. You really feel God's love coming through, and you really want to align with what God wants. And um, I just I love that along with that. You and Willie just you had this fiery determination to continue to go forward, opening whatever doors knocking on doors, doing what you had to do, and especially Willie, like you said, she's like she's a tiger just going after it and and how God honored that. I think that's a real model for us so that we don't um sort of resign ourselves. To doors that seem to be closed, that we keep knocking. Yeah. How and how did you stay motivated to do that? Because I'm sure there were times, especially like with the insurance, you're like, oh, well, okay, I guess that's that's the end of that. How do you keep going? What do you what do you do to talk yourself into not quitting?
0: There's a lot more I want to do. There's a lot more I want to experience. Willie and I have been married seven and a half years, you know, are just enjoying our togetherness, enjoying our new life in Florida, enjoying each other. Having, uh, even in retirement, having ministry opportunities to serve God, we just didn't feel this was the end. We just felt that God had more for us to do and that He said that He's going to give us a hope in the future. So that kept us going. And uh, also the incredible encouragement of family and friends that said, We're with you, we're supporting you, we're praying for miracles. And um, we had one. We have friends in Arkansas that sent us a prayer every night, a prayer for Wayne and Willie. Every night at 10 o'clock, there was a new prayer for us. So we have scores of those prayers. Uh, Every day, we got a card in the mail, an actual written card in the mail from friends in St. Paul, every day. And those are the things that, and then plus all the emails and texts and phone calls and all of that, you know, we don't go through these things in in isolation. We need each other.
1: But a lot of people do, Wayne. Yeah, That's the tough thing, unfortunately. unfortunately.
0: But if you ever have a doubt, you know, should I contact this person or not? Man, go with their urges and send a note or write a card or send an email or whatever and remind people that you're there and you're praying. Don't ever hold
2: back. I want us to go more into the actual story of the days leading up to, and then the day of surgery. And this was going to be a big, long day of surgery. And I remember thinking to to Wendy, man, we're going to be praying like for 12 hours today. (laughs) (laughs) I want us to get into that, but let's just back up for just a minute because, um, Every single one of us in life are hit by unexpected things that we don't want in our lives, whether it's on a small scale or a big scale. It's always big when it comes unexpectedly. And when when you first heard this news and the first thought of cancer you know, was talked about with you and your body and your experience of what you went through with Norma, how did you handle that? Because this isn't something that you had a little heads up on. Nobody sent you a little email ahead of time. Hey, Wayne, so in a couple of weeks, you're going to get some bad news. These things come slamming into our lives without any predictability or expectation. How did, what was your first reaction? How did you handle that?
0: Well, I think the first thing, I guess I've never verbalized this until now, feeling of helplessness. Holy cow, what's going on here? Why is this happening? What are we going to do? Uh, and then you start praying. Uh, I, one of the first thoughts that came to me, guys, was uh, from uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Paul said, so take up the shield of faith that you may extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Cancer is not of God. Cancer right. is of the evil one whose desire is to kill and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. So one of the first things we did is take up that shield of faith to extinguish those fiery darts of the evil one. When doubts and despair and hopelessness come along, take up that shield of faith. So that was, heal- that was huge for us and healing. And then, you know, the diagnosis was pretty dire. As you mentioned, Todd, that it'd be a 10 to 12 hour surgery. They cut me from here down to here. And I'd be 10 days in the hospital, and there's a possibility that the cancer had spread to the intestines and to the colon. And, you know, it was, you know, they paint the worst possible, prepare you for the worst possible thing. So you go into that and you, you know, claim even more God's promises. And as I mentioned, we had people in our church, people on some of the boards I serve with that were praying, God, when the surgeons get in there, may they find no cancer Yes. And that was a very specific prayer we heard over and over again from people who were praying for us. The, the surgery is going to come, but the surgeons are going to su- be surprised when they get in there. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm. And and they, they were, and so were you. Um, so let's talk about this, you know, quote unquote, 12 hour surgery it was supposed to be. And uh, what kind of surgery did it end up being? And what did they find?
0: Yeah, it's pretty extensive. I won't show you the wounds, but I'm not going to be modeling swimsuits. (laughs) But uh, when they got in there, they found that the tumors had not spread. They were confined to the appendix, which had burst. The appendix is this side.
1: At the end of the, yeah. But there
0: was a hole in the tumor like this. And um, it had spread to the spleen. And so they took out the tumor on the appendix, removed the appendix and removed the spleen but there was no indication of spread to the colon. They had already fitted me for a bag. Doesn't sound like fun to go to that. No Uh, no spread to the intestines or the the, uh, colon. And when they found out then they, this was a technology that MD Anderson has initiated and pioneered. They put hot chemo directly into the abdomen. They removed the contained tumors And then they put this hot chemo directly in the abdomen to kill any cancer cells that were microscopic that they couldn't see. Mm -hmm. Instead of inserting chemo through the whole body, they put it directly on the organs that might be affected. And they slosh it around there for about a half hour. And and then they suck up all the chemo and uh, and finish it. So it wasn't a 12-hour surgery. It was seven. Wow. And because they didn't have to do these extraordinary things, they came out and saw Willie and said, this is the best possible outcome. Mm. No yeah. indication of spread of the tumors.
1: You uh, guys yeah. said miracle. <laughs> we said,
0: oh, we call that a miracle and
2: answered a prayer.
1: Amen. Well, and Amen. I think
2: that came especially after uh, they ran some more tests and came back to you within a day or two, I, I believe. Well, it
0: was about a week later, actually. Okay. We were to be discharged from the hospital not 12 days not 10 days we were discharged 8 days after surgery and uh, we were about to leave the hospital and the surgeon came rushing back all the way across campus with a paper in his hand and it was the pathology report no indication of the spread of any tumors so and the tumors that were there of were of the quote lowest possible grade now they didn't say it wasn't cancer just the lowest possible grade he said, uh, "We've had 70 men that have had this lowest possible rate of tumor, and it's never returned.
1: Wow. He said Crazy the chance
0: nice. the chance of it returning are nil. Oh, nil!
1: Wow, I mean, <laughs> and that was one in ten million diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, with giving you not much to to consider." Yeah. Uh, beating the odds of this. And so God is in the healing business. And I'm going to do a little plug for whole food, plant-based eating too. I do think that you and Willie do eat uh, in in a, in a healthy way. And I think that has a lot to do with it as well. But um, um, I do want to talk about the miracle of this. And, and what do you think? In regards to miracles, because where do you think the church is at today in regards to miracles? Um, I, I, you know, I know how it is in the people that, that we associate with, but the church as a whole, where, where do you see the church?
0: I've always believed God does miracles. I guess the question is, will God do a miracle for me? Mm. Uh, I, and when do you know that I read a book by J.P. Moreland, on the simple guide to God's miraculous healing. And he is a a renowned professor at Talbot School of Theology in California. And in curiosity, he did extensive research on thousands of purported miracles and had found documentation that miracles do indeed happen. Now, does God do miraculous healing in every case of cancer? No. How does he choose when he heals directly? I don't know. That's part of the mystery Mystery. in God's sovereignty. But why would he choose to heal me so miraculously? It's just his mercy and grace. That's all I can say in his sovereignty. And God does do miracles. My friend, uh, Ken Larson, who's uh, over, uh, over Slumberland Stories, you know him. He said, Wayne, you're the closest person to a very real miracle that I've ever known. Something clearly, it's not the finding a parking space kind of miracle. It's a life-changing, life-saving miracle. And you're the closest person I've ever known that has experienced that kind. So are miracles rare? I think in this day and age they are. are. Are miracles possible? Oh, very definitely. God can choose to heal. And so in this case, God chose to heal miraculously, and I'm so grateful for I do think the church needs to be more bold in saying, God heals. Yes, Pray for God's healing touch. Uh, give him the uh, opportunity to choose how he heals, when he heals. God heals. Some would say in this dispensation, God doesn't do healing miracles. Mm-hmm. He does. Mm-hmm. And you would be so encouraged to read that by J.P. Morland, who says there's careful documentation. God is in the healing business today. It didn't cease in the first century. God still heals today. And especially in third world countries where the gospel is making pioneer steps, there are healings, miraculous healings. There are resurrections from the dead. Mm -hmm. God is still in the business of doing miracles today. We got to believe that. We got to trust that.
1: Amen. You know, Todd yeah. did get that book, and he's been reading it, and yeah. he's read a couple stories to me, and it's, it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the church needs to be uh, bolder and and go deeper in the understanding of miracles, because I think we're a little more flippant here in, in America. Yeah, And um, yeah, we just need to really uh, rest in, in, in looking for the miracles too, right?
2: And I think maybe that's reinforced by times when God doesn't work the miracle. I mean, I'm just being mm-hmm. as honest as I can, because I think we all go through that. When you have the incredibly unique experience of praying for your wife, whom God did not heal, at least here on earth, and having to you know experience that loss, and your faith was strong, and those around you and Norma, the faith was strong, everything seemed ripe for a miracle, but it didn't happen. Now in your life, you experience a bona fide miracle. You got this incredible balance of both perspectives, God not healing and God healing. And I'm I'm wondering if for those who want God to do a miracle and aren't experiencing it, can you can you help them through the process? Because they may be saying, like you could have said, Well, well, God didn't, you know, do a miracle in this situation. Why would he do one now?
0: Those are the deep mysteries of God. Those questions have been asked for centuries. There are no easy answers. You go back to the book of Job, say why, how, when, all those kinds of questions. I think it takes maybe more faith to trust in God when He doesn't answer our prayers the way we want, than it does when He does choose to answer our prayers the way we ask. And I don't know how to how to describe that or defend it, except that. Uh, When God chooses to answer our prayers in a different way, we continue to trust. And his ultimate will, and his ultimate will was uh, for Norma was to take her immediately home. Living with Jesus is much better than living with Wayne, I can assure you. (laughs) And uh, her, her earthly journey was finished at age 65. Why would God choose? Now I'm 75. Why would God choose to extend my life? I don't know, but I am extremely grateful and even more determined to use whatever years God gives me that I would serve him faithfully and to finish strong and finish well. I feel very strongly God has more for me to do.
1: Amen. That's I agree. Yeah, most 100%. definitely.
2: Yeah, you're not you're not finished yet, Mr.
1: I, I will I do have a question about um, just kind of the supernatural in, in both stories. Um, there's I, I I just kind of am curious about how you may have felt in Norma's situation and in yours. I've I've always been told that there's kind of a thin veil around uh, when you're when you're walking someone through the the death journey and then also when you're up close in your own journey of maybe walking with death. And going through that, did you experience that supernatural thin veil as they talk about? Um, and and would you elaborate if you did?
0: Well, uh, certainly. Uh, looking at Norma's passing, we did feel that thin veil between this life and eternity. In our presence, left her earthly body. Yeah. I'm a fan of the book The Shack. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. saw the movie The Shack. And when the man. The father who lost his daughter through a terrible, horrible crime is led in his vision, his dream, whatever it is, by Jesus to a waterfall. And through that waterfall, he sees his daughter frolicking in paradise. And she's playing with kids among the flowers and the butterflies. She senses there's somebody there and she goes to the waterfall and reaches out. The father experiences this thin veil between this life and the next. Pretty soon, she turns around and goes back to frolicking again, and it assures him that the the veil between this life and the next is very, very thin. And we began to experience that when we lose a loved one. And uh, I felt, you know, see, as Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts it to us in our pain. And it's those times of pain where you experience the sublime presence of God. Mm-hmm. Scripture verses just leap out at us. God's presence is palpable in our prayer times that we don't experience when things are just kind of normal. And those prayer times we had with people at our church and the different prayer times, when we, were, we just felt the, the chill, the thrill, the, the strong presence of God that is indescribable. It's really hard to to really describe. I sure. mean, something
2: you something you said earlier that I, I want us to just uh, I want you to comment on a little bit more, and that is that it, it sometimes it takes more faith to trust God when. He doesn't answer our prayers the way we would want him to answer those prayers. But the key word is trust. And you'd mentioned it earlier about trusting in God when you heard the news and trusting in God for the outcome. And you're basically saying God is sovereign and I will I will trust that no matter what, even though I don't understand it. But you can't really trust um, very easily until you're really intimate with the one you're trusting. So from my perspective, you really have to know who God is in the heart of God to come to a place of trust and relaxing in him. Can you help our listeners find ways that we can strengthen that or deepen that, become more intimate so that it's a little easier to trust in God when we don't understand what he's doing?
0: I thought of the prayer of the uh, father who came to Jesus for the life of his daughter who said, I believe you need to help me to really, really believe and really trust. And I think there's a certain kind of humility in that, uh, that we, we uh, do, do declare our trust in God, but also acknowledge that our faith is weak. also reminded that uh, Jesus said, if your faith is as tiny as a mustard seed, it can produce amazing results. I, I think you just go to God and ask him, I found fun. there's tremendous resources in the book of the Psalms where David goes back and forth between trusting and accusing God and doubting and all of that.
1: So but human. At the end
0: of, <laughs> we, I trust you, God. I trust you with the results. Norma said that many times. Reverse was, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, whatever the outcome. And uh, we have to trust our loving Heavenly Father, as Corey Tenboom famously said, we have our ticket in our hand, and God knows the destination of that ticket, and we have to, to trust God for our, our destination, our final destination.
2: Wayne, you have been through a, a lot uh, in your, how many years? Seventy. He doesn't look seventy-five. No, no, you watch he, him on no, YouTube. Yeah, this guy's in his fifties. Uh, <laughs> and then to go through the kind of ordeal that you did at this age is not the easiest thing to do, but you you amaze us because you your your strength, your endurance, you're out running already, you're yeah, back in the meetings, seriously. you're flying around. It's like it's like
1: it's like who is this you know? guy with the cape on?
0: Yeah. Go, go back to what Wendy said, you know, the, the surgeon said before, he said, You're 75 years old, your age is against you, mm-hmm. but your fitness is in your favor. That you're eating well, you're exercising, you're fit. That's in your favor, and so uh, Willie said the doctor told uh, Willie uh, that uh, when they had me on the operating table and the team was looking, they they looked at me says, "I hope I look like
2: this when I'm." Sorry.
1: <laughs> what a compliment! That's right.
2: Oh, There's no visceral
1: fat to uh, even yeah, see. <laughs> seriously, that's a
2: good word to just encourage people to. I mean, you know, treat our bodies like the temple. Take really that good it cares. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These bodies are temporary.
0: When we die, they'll be folded up and put away. We, but meanwhile, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So That's for right. goodness sakes, if God himself is going to live there, you know, we better take care of the temple. <laughs>
1: Clean it up. Clean That's it a- up and honor it. Oh, man. Yes, Wayne, yes. You, you
2: have uh, you have. Benefited in many ways from your faith and the opportunities God gave you to go deeper with Him and to learn so many rich lessons in life from these somewhat extreme examples and opportunities that He provided for you. Um, I, I, so, is there a book that's going to be coming out soon? Because you got to you got to continue. You got you
1: got several chapters. I mean, I mean you got to be
2: sharing these lessons, man. <laughs> okay, here's
0: the deal. I've been writing my memoirs. Oh, uh, I finished them up in uh, May. Sent them to an editor. It's called My Journey. Did wow. you
2: know this? Type? No, I did not know this. Wow. It's fantastic.
0: It was, it was typeset, ready to go to the printer. And I said, okay, time out. <laughs> we need to add another chapter.
1: We have another chapter. Know the <laughs> Yeah. That,
0: oh my so, goodness. Um Actually, I mean, as we speak last night and today, I'm finishing up that added chapter. I, I could not. Publish this book without including this chapter. Wait, oh. right, this is so exciting.
1: What what's the title of the book?
0: I, I'm calling it My Journey.
1: Oh.
0: The road Less Taken. Uh, taken from Robert Frostball. You know, I, I chose The road less taken and that's made all the difference. Oh so it's just simply called My Journey.
2: Yeah. Well you Can't make wait. sure that the publisher allows for the sequel for the next 15, 20, 25, 30 years of stories that you're gonna have to share. <laughs> Oh, oh man, you are such a uh, you so you're an inspiration, much. my friend. Yeah. You're you're just such a model of walking with God and having fun in life at the same time, and having really clear perspective on on how to handle these kinds of things that occur in our lives that we're just unfamiliar Out of with control. Yeah,
1: we don't. Have
0: and you know, these friendships, the relationships we build, Todd, we go back a long, long, long time. Uh, long term relationships they really come to the fore during this time. You know, we, we should build, live our lives building these relationships. Because they're so enriching and the relationships of very close friends even become more dear the older you get, especially when you're going through difficult times. So, so true.
1: That's well. a good word.
2: Give our love to Willy, uh, your beautiful yes, wife, please.
1: Yes, we hope to see you guys soon. And um, we just thank you and we praise the Lord yeah. for, you, for you and your miracle. So thank you for sharing with our audience and um, God bless you, friend.
0: Thank you for the privilege of sharing it. And again, to God be the glory. Great things have yeah. done.
1: That's right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, also go back and listen to episode 38 uh, with Wayne and his uh, previous chapter story. But we appreciate you. And we'll catch you uh, same time, same place right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough.
2: So glad you could join us today, and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform.
1: And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome.
2: Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones.
1: If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com.
2: Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy, go to WendyPet.com.
1: Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.